0: So the whole experiments platform is about constraints so that when you propose an experiment, you have an idea, you have to get it to something that can be built in under 50 hours of other people's time that only takes three other people, that answers one question really well, that generates predictable data, and that won't cost more than $5,000 to build and to ship.
1: Welcome to Inside Outside Innovation. I'm the producer, Victory Clafter. This is episode 48 with Ajay Rajani and Tom Samp founders of next in this interview brian tom and ajay talk about how designing quick cheap and dynamic experiments can revolutionize how startups validate their products and how corporations can validate the startup itself with a framework of working within constraints and leveraging skills of experts who offer their time and knowledge next has helped many entrepreneurs take that first step towards launching their innovative business and we'll get to hear the story of one of those entrepreneurs today The team at Next is innovating the way startups engage with investors and corporations, and they're going to be at our Inside Outside Innovation Summit. From June 19th through the 21st in Lincoln, Nebraska, organizations like Next will be sharing their insights so that you can do innovation better. With many, many award-winning speakers and a $100,000 pitch contest, this is a conference you don't want to miss. For more information, jump back a few episodes and listen to our special summit announcement episode, or go to theiosummit.com, where you can also
2: get your ticket. Hi, guys. Thanks for coming on the show.
0: Hi, Brian. So I'm um, Ajay. Tom and I are co-founders of Next, and we're excited to share more about, uh,
3: about kind of how we started, where we are now, and, and what we've got planned for the future. I'm Tom, uh, co founder of Next. I'm also excited to share more about uh, experimentation and and what we're building at Next. Excellent.
2: While you're not directly in the corporate innovation space, uh, the reason I wanted to bring you on the show is because I think you're doing a lot of interesting things in the startup realm that could be directly applicable to what we're seeing in the corporate realm, specifically around how do you take brand new ideas and work them through a process and, and a series of experiments so that you can get traction sooner, faster, et cetera. So why don't we um, start by, tell us a little bit about how Next got started, what it is and, and uh, what you're doing right now.
0: Sure. So the way we currently describe Next is that it's, it's a platform that helps exceptional people from all corners of the world uh, with all types of ideas and all types of industries and all types of backgrounds, essentially validate big ideas before they take big risks. And in the startup context, those big risks tend to be things like leaving your job, raising money, uh, really building like, a full product. And uh, what, what we started with was a was uh, pre-accelerator, which was essentially a 10-week program that took someone from an idea into an experiment, um, leveraging our methodologies, as well as our community of designers and developers and data scientists and videographers, uh, a variety of different kind of like technically gifted and creatively gifted people who would contribute time on their op hours to help turn someone's idea into an MVP, a minimal viable product, or to a series of experiments. So that's kind of what we started with. And we ran two cohorts of that, learned a ton. And now we've kind of like started productizing it into a software platform that we think will scale a lot better, will help a lot more people. Um, essentially streamline the path from a great idea to a fundable business. Through a series of experiments, through community building, and, you know, using a set of tools that we've spent a lot of time studying and then finally starting to automate into technology.
2: Yeah, it's very interesting. I, I started to take a look, uh, dive in a little bit and, and tell us a little bit some of those productization. I, I've seen you run some different experiments, almost like a, you know, an eight ball for ideas. I think it's called Blueprint. But uh, talk us through a little bit what you're what you're up to.
3: Yeah. So a couple of the tools that we're, we're building out, you mentioned uh, Blueprint is one, which is, as we call it a magic eight ball for ideas. And it's essentially a set of, uh, of playbooks that we've assembled based on our experience um, experimenting and you know building companies from the very earliest stages. All of that kind of distilled down into these playbooks that help you run experiments based on a ter- certain type of business. So you know, around uh, marketplace ideas, how might you go and test that uh, in the real world? We give you a strategy, some of the key challenges you might face, links to experts in, in that space, Um, And then to tools as well, uh, you know, tools that can actually help you uh, prototype something really quickly should you decide to go and test a marketplace idea. And, you know, we're building out a couple other tools, as you mentioned. One is the experiments platform itself, which, uh, you know, comes right out of the the accelerator uh, experience that we, we had early on. It felt a bit, you know, antithetical to our to our mission to be rejecting people and not being helpful to people who apply to the accelerator because we wanted to democratize access to to innovation and to experimentation really Um, so we built out the platform as a way to get more people access to the tools and methods that we use in the accelerator so on the experiments platform you can raise money you can identify a couple key of collaborators that you want to recruit into your uh your experiment who can help you out you can show off some content that uh you've created around your ideas you might have a short video there and then the third part of it which is called core i mean pass it over to ajay talk about that yeah and just also around the experiments platform you know
0: one key concept that we really try to optimize for is the concept of constraints and that stems directly from our experience operating companies in the past that you know, you know, would venture back startups, but didn't have a ton of time, didn't have a ton of money, didn't have a ton of people. And we saw a play out with the accelerator as well is that the notion of experiment is, can be kind of amorphous and a little bit hard for people to understand. It means different things to different people in different contexts, but really easy things to understand are constraints. If you only have $5,000, if you only have five weeks, if you only have three people, those constraints make people think creatively and we think experimentally. And so the whole experiments platform is about productizing uh, constraints so that when you propose an experiment, you have an idea, you have to get it to something that can be built in under 50 hours of other people's time that only takes three other people, that answers one question really well, that generates predictable data, and that won't cost more than $5,000 to build and to ship. So constraints are a big part of that, of that experiment platform that I think makes it kind of human and, and makes it easy for anybody essentially to, to start using and
3: understand.
2: Yeah, I love that concept of experiments. Uh, you know, obviously, I've, I run a, a accelerator myself, and and whether we're working with you know startup teams or or now in, in kind of in the corporate realm, getting folks, I guess, comfortable with the fact that you can run these short little bursts uh, of learning, and uh, t- to get people to a to a place where they can move the ball down the thing, and you don't have to build out the entire product, you don't have to build out the entire back end, and it's sometimes it's a hard concept to get used to because I think. A lot of times, five, 10, 20 years ago, if you wanted to build out some stuff, you did have to build it out. You didn't have a platform that you could build it out quickly. Uh, you didn't have a marketplace where you could get in front of uh, potential early beta customers in that early, but now all of that's at your fingertips. So it's very interesting to see how technology and, and marketplaces are, are changing the way people can actually execute on ideas. So talk a little bit about the experiment process itself. What, what do you recommend? What makes a good experiment?
0: Yeah, so one, one key tenet, and you kind of hinted at it, is that for us, the product of an experiment is not the software that you build or the event that you launch or the set of videos you create for a content business, for example. It's the learnings, the feedback, and the data that the experiment generates. And so I think that's where we tend to really focus the whole platform and the whole experience on for both sides of the equation, unlike Kickstarter where you get a product at the end. And you see Kickstarters all the time. People raise a ton of money really quickly. They get really excited. They think it's validated. And then they take a lot longer to make it, or they might not ever release it, right? Because there's so much expectation around how great that product's going to be. And so that initial validation can sometimes be a curse, right? In our case, the the product that you're promising the world is the learning that you generate from it, right? And that's learning that's interesting for you and compelling for you as the person with the business idea. You want to try to design your experiment in a way that you have a binary outcome, so... I'm designing this experiment such that if I get 30 people to transact on my marketplace, I'm personally saying that that's going to be compelling enough for me to go full time. And that's based off of the benchmarks that we give you. That's also based off your own internal instinct. We always say like an important part about designing experiment is knowing yourself because in a universe of constraints, you have to make trade-offs. And so for some people, their experiment, even though it's early and quick, it needs to be beautiful. And that means they're going to sacrifice other things. Like it's not going to be automated or it's not going to be super personalized. But some people who are like true technologists, it's going to have to be automated to be really fast and really quick, and everything's going to have to be buttoned up. But then it might not be beautifully designed. And again, it might not be perfectly personalized. And I think it comes through on the backer side, right, too. Like, why are people contributing to your experiment, whether they're funding you through crowdfunding or whether they're contributing their time it's it could be because yeah they believe in you and they believe in the idea and they'll do anything to help push it along, but for us it's the, it's a much tighter feedback loop, right? You propose an experiment, it's going to be launched relatively quickly, it's going to be launched leanly, and it's going to generate data quickly. So we say that the 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 experience of being a backer of an experiment on our platform is that you share in that experience and you share in those updates and you share in the the data that it generates at the end. And so we actually throttle our funding so that seventy five percent of the money that you raise on the platform comes immediately. And only 25% comes after you run the experiment and you report back through what we have a templated lab report on the platform as well. And so just getting people to shift their focus around why am I launching this experiment is not to build a beautiful product, right? And it's not even necessarily to launch an amazing business. It's the first key hurdle to launching that business and to building that key product is to learn about the market, to get a response, and to figure out if it's working or not.
2: Right. I think, you know, kind of drawing that line in the sand also and kind of, like you said, taking a stake on this is what the experiment means. Go, no go for me. Uh, and it may be different for you know different people. Some people, if you're, you know, looking to maybe quit your job and maybe you run an experiment and nine out of 10 people have to do this for me to make it worth my while to to jump uh, where other people may have a little, you know, different line in the sand. But I think staking that out ahead of time so that, you know what to actually measure and and have some decision point afterward is an important point. What are some of the key stories or examples that you can point to that from your first couple cohorts that uh, this process has really worked well?
0: Yeah, so we have one um, project now very quickly became a business, pretty interesting. And it was one that we were probably most skeptical, skeptical about when we accepted because like great entrepreneur, great idea, how do you make this into an experiment? It's essentially the idea of creating software that helps people who are rejected from a loan application or seeking credit, which is in the hundred million plus per year in America. There's essentially no recourse when they're rejected right now. So they apply to a financial institution, an online lender, and the lender checks their credit score. And they're like, hey, sorry, we can't lend to you right now. Check back with us later. Right. It's really frustrating for the consumer. It's also kind of expensive for the lender to just reject someone, have no way to track them to say, hey, maybe their credit does improve. When their credit improves, we just happen to have to like run another ad on them, spend a bunch of money, uh, and get them to click through and apply again in order to reacquire them. And so what this business is, is called Bloom Credit, and it essentially takes those declines from lenders across the Internet uh, and runs them through a series of exercises that are tailored and personalized to their own credit factors, essentially the flaws in their credit history that are leading to a bad score, and uses data to make those recommendations better over time. And so we were like, how do?" it's a great idea. The entrepreneur has tons of experience in fintech, has tons of connections, but we didn't know exactly how to get it off the ground. But what we started with, which is what we tend to start with, is just say the fundamental assumption here, there are two of them, right? Consumers will opt into the service, right? They'll express an interest in doing this. And there's at least a reasonable likelihood that the software can improve their score over time. Right. And so what we did with Matt is we designed a series of first consumer opt-in tests. First, he went straight... Um, on Facebook and Google Ads and was just looking for people who are likely to have been declined for a loan and understanding their pain points and understanding their desire for a solution like this. Uh, and he learned a lot. And he eventually learned through Google Consumer Surveys that not only was there generally interest in this, but the highest interest was, was from people who were very likely to have just been declined due to their credit score. Um, so people who had below a 600 credit score were really interested in a service like Bloom. Which seems obvious, but you need to validate A, that it's true, and B that people will like feel comfortable kind of like riding with a new brand in that direction.
2: Right. Any kind of behavioral change you're hoping for from that audience sounds reasonable, but sometimes to jump that extra hoop to, to change what their normal behavior is is very difficult. A lot more difficult than most people assume.
0: Exactly. And and then that gave us the confidence to go to steps two and three. Steps step two was essentially If we did nothing with them, right, like what's the baseline on the on the percentage of people who have a below 600 credit score, who within six months to 12 months, end up graduating up to 650, where they become kind of much more lendable. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think he saw, I don't remember the exact numbers, but just by using open data protocols from Lending Club and from other lenders, they used some regression analysis that was pretty simple. And essentially found that like 12% of people who day zero, start below 600, eventually get over 650. And I think it was like 50% of those 12%, it happens within that 6 to 12 month period, which makes it like an interesting business. Um, And so that was kind of like data point two. And data point three was saying, if we were to like partner with the lending institution, so the consumer who's opting in to us knows that it's not just this new business called Bloom Credit, but it's Bloom Credit brought to you by XYZ Lender how much more does that increase opt-in rates? And that was through the roof. And so when Matt had those three data points, he essentially was finally ready to start milking in his connections and to start asking for a lot more, right? He had kind of triangulated enough trust around the business that he'd learned learned a lot. He built some stuff and he validated a lot that he started getting introductions from his own network to these companies. And I think, you know, within three months of him starting to experiment, he had three huge online lenders on board as partners. Four months later now, he's raised the seed round He's at 500 Startups, which is a top accelerator, which usually looks for companies that are like far yeah. more advanced than where Matt yeah. is right now. And he's recruited co-founders from JP Morgan and Microsoft. And it really started with like these really scrappy experiments that were pretty nerdy, 3 two or three nerdy people just hacking away at data or running ads on Facebook and being thoughtful about what copies on a landing page to get it off the ground.
2: Very cool. So, so what's Next with Next?
0: So... I think what's next for next, it's a really good point. We put a stake in the ground, right? We're like, we love working with individual entrepreneurs. We love working with teams of entrepreneurs really, really actively, but we we want to build something that scales. We want to build something that can power thousands of, of people at a time. Um, and we also want to build software that works you know, for individuals as add value for enterprises and, and other organizations as well. So what's next is that we're, we're continuing to iterate on the two products that we mentioned, Blueprint and Experiments Platform. They go really well together. We basically boil down new ideas and prospective entrepreneurs into two steps, validate your assumptions around a product or a market. That's what those two first products are for. And the second key thing, which we've seen, like Matt Harris, the entrepreneur behind Bloom Credit and Marlon Parker, the entrepreneur behind Otazu who, who we just mentioned, they do a second thing really, really well. And that's, they leverage their own network to win the trust of people who can help. And those people are usually potential collaborators. Like if you're a developer, they're a designer. If you're a business person, they're a developer potential investors and the connectors to them. And so we have like a method that we've seen work really well for those entrepreneurs that we're interested in productizing now, which is essentially help you quickly identify the people in your network who are going to be valuable to you and that you should spend your time building trust with and building a relationship around. And then setting you on a a cadence of like biweekly updates to them where there's a clear opt-in. You're asking them, are you going to support me in this? All it takes is opening up these updates when I send them to you, providing feedback and help when I ask for it. Um, And they send really short templated updates of like, this is what I did, this is what I learned, this is what I want to do next, is how you can help. Over time, you build trust with that core. They start saying like, hey, Matt's really serious about this idea. He's doing a great job. Let me refer him to someone that I know who's a developer who's kind of bored at their job and maybe they could work something out over time. It also ends up being this magnetic force. Like it's really hard to build an identity for an idea that's not productized, not a product, doesn't have a company, doesn't have funding. But through these updates, you start seeing people then when Matt's core member refers it to a friend, that friend has like the series of updates that they can use to like de-risk Matt a little bit before he even meets them. And that process is something that we're really interested in trying to turn into a platform as well, which we think works for entrepreneurship. It could work for other kind of use cases as well, but we're, we're excited about that.
2: Yeah, that's pretty insightful. You know, a lot of the entrepreneurs that we run into, it rarely comes down to the technology that they build. It's the uh, the marketplace and the connections and the other things that they build around it that that really can take it to the next level. So it's very insightful. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on board the program, telling us a little bit about what uh, what's going on in the ecosystem and how you can experiment and build uh, faster, better, uh, more innovative things. So thanks a lot for being on the Inside Outside Innovation Podcast. Thanks, for
3: thanks for having us, Brian.
1: That wraps up this episode of Inside Outside Innovation. To connect with Next, you can visit NEX.TT, follow them on Medium, or on Twitter. All the links are in our show notes. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes to the Inside Outside Innovation podcast and leave us a review while you're at it. In addition to your opinion of the show, we also want to hear your story about how it's impacted your innovation strategies. If you've got a story about how you've implemented something you've heard about here or observed these concepts at work, let us know on Twitter at the IO Podcast or on iTunes. We'll set up an interview and then compile the experiences into a special episode. While you're on Twitter, you can also follow the IO Summit as well to get updates on speakers and other happenings for the conference in June. Until next time, go out and innovate.